Hello and welcome to a brand spanking new series of We Love Books. This is our 21st episode, not including many, many bonus episodes, and our third series of bringing authors, reviews, and all kinds of special features to all you bookworms out there. We're kicking off the season with a bang and a trip, albeit a virtual one, to Lismore Castle to the absolutely fantastic Towers and Tales Festival, which you can attend from your very own home this year. Look out for that in just a little bit. But first, I chatted to you guys via Zoom because there's a pandemic. And I wanted to know, do you guys like reading? And if so, why? I do enjoy reading because it's like TV, but instead of you watching other people getting transported to this other world, it's kind of like you're getting transported to this other world with lots of adventures and fun stuff. I do like reading because sometimes it can be like actually funny and it's better than screen sometimes because you get to know things and also I'm pretty sure it's like good for you and interesting as well. When I read, I feel like relaxed and I like reading mysteries as well. I started a series among the last book, uh, Young Sherlock, so it's about uh, Sherlock Holmes when he was younger. It makes me feel relaxed. It's nice to be able to sit down and just read instead of being in school. Since we did get all our homework and all done early in the morning, it's nice to sit down with the book and be able to read. I do. Because it gives you, um, like, imagination of what different types of book characters you're going to make when you grow up if you want to be a book writer. I want to be an artist and a book writer. I would like to write fantasy ones, like fairy ones, um, learning ones for um, small children, even baby books. When I'm reading a really long book I, at night and my mom tells me to turn off the light, I sneak it back on again and read some. I like reading because after you read it, like at night or something, you're like, wow, am I that character in that story? I like that part. I like reading stories in lockdown because there's not a lot of things to do in the house and we only go out to like places really close. So why not read and you go somewhere really far away? Well, yes, I like reading because when you're reading, it like it, unless the book's illustrated, it's like you can imagine it in any way you want and it's just like in your head and it's just so cool. I really like it. We Love Books, it's time for We Love Reviews. First up, seven-year-old Sarah Foxton and her dad Paul are chatting about the book Kitty and the Great Lantern Race by Paula Harrison. Hello Sarah. Hi. Today we're going to talk about a book you read. Yeah. What's the book called and who wrote it? Kitty and the Great Lantern Race and Paula Harrison wrote it. Without telling us what the ending is, what is the book about? It is about a lantern festival and there is a mysterious thing that is stealing everyone's things. What characters are in the book? Kitty, Pumpkin, Figaro, Pixie, Katsumi, Emily, the mayor, Dodger and her mum. And who are the main characters? Kitty and Dodger. What age is Kitty? Um, she's probably six or seven. Okay, and what age is Dodger? Dodger's a cat. 
Oh, okay. Is mm. Kitty a cat? Well, in the day, she's a normal human, but in the night, she's more a cat. Oh, okay. Did you enjoy the book? Yes, I did enjoy reading the book because I liked how it was adventurous and that it was about cats. What was your favourite thing about the book? The cats. What type of book is it? Adventurous. I think it's adventurous. Okay. What type of readers do you think might enjoy the book? People who love cats. And what age group do you think those people would be? Six or seven. So similar to your age? Yeah. Do you think if somebody was eight or nine, they'd like it? Well, maybe. Hi, I'm Casey Graham and I'm 12 years old. I'm reviewing the book Aim High by Donnie Mahoney. So Casey, what is the book about? The book is about many different types of Irish athletes striding towards victory and the challenges they have to face on their way. And what characters are in the book and what are they like? Did you have a favourite one? Well, um, the characters in this book are of play all different sports, they're different sizes and they have different backgrounds. Uh, my favourite one would have to be Dave Gallagher as I'm a massive rugby fan so I'm reading about him being um, um, a New Zealand captain was very fascinating for me. Why in particular did you enjoy the book apart from Dave Gallagher? Um, well I uh, for one like reading about people achieving and I also love reading about sports as well. So my favourite thing about the book, well, probably the fact that is about sports people achieving great things and that you get to um, meet new athletes, Irish athletes along the way. What type of book is this? Um, a historical but also factual book. And what type of readers do you think might enjoy the book? And what age group do you think might enjoy the book? I'd say 11 to 14 about. And many types of readers would enjoy this book, but mainly, again, the um, people who like reading about achievements and Irish athletes. Now on We Love Books, it's festival time. The 2021 Towers and Tales Festival takes place on Saturday, May 21st. And you can tune in from your very own home with your siblings and your parents and enjoy the festival from the comfort of your living room or any room you choose, in fact, wherever you've got a screen. There's also a special schools event on April 30th, so make sure to check that out too. I wanted to get a feel for the types of things you can look forward to in the upcoming online festival. So I chatted to Sarah Webb and Alan Nolan about their Mini Beast Trail event. I spoke to Sarah Moore Fitzgerald about her event, 10 Top Strategies for Fostering Your Creativity. But first, I found out all about the festival from one of its co-artistic directors, Elena Ryan, who also works with the absolutely fantastic organisation Children's Books Ireland. And Elena gave us a real feel for what you can look forward to. I'm Elena Ryan. I'm the CEO of Children's Books Ireland in my day job. And as a volunteer, I am the co-artistic director of Towers and Tales, the Lismore Story Festival in County Waterford. The role of co-artistic director is an interesting one because we, uh, Niamh Sharkey, who is my, my co-artistic director, and I get to choose the artists for the festival and play a role in how that festival feels 
what it looks like when you arrive at the site of Lismore Castle, or indeed this year when you turn on your computer and tune into the author and illustrator videos that we're putting out there, um, and what families take away from it really. So the whole look and feel of the festival. The best place to start is probably to tell you what the festival is like in the real world, if you want to put it that way. And that is that it's in a castle, which gives it this fairy tale feel before we have even done anything. So Lismore Castle in County Waterford is this stunning, stunning castle in an amazing village. And when you come to Lismore, we want you to feel like there are things you can dip in and out of, that there are surprising aspects to the festival. There might be characters walking around, there might be pop-up storytelling in the porch of the castle. And what we've been thinking about is how to recreate that online. And what we've done is to work with some of the best authors and illustrators from Ireland this year. And for them to think about interactive bits that families can do, whether that is something to download and work on together or getting outside as Sarah Webb and Alan Nolan will be doing with their beast hunt out in the garden, but just to pick people who are really lively and enthusiastic and will have a contagious kind of energy that families will be able to pick up on at home. Maybe we'll start with Myra Zepp, um, who is a wonderful author who works at Gaelga, and she has an event called Zimzam Alakazoo. And Myra is such a wonderful artist. She has this warm, vibrant energy, and this is gonna be about flying on a magic carpet. So it's all about kind of the power of the imagination and the worlds that you can travel to. We have a couple of astonishing illustrators, Tarsilla Cruz and Jennifer Farley, both doing brilliant work. Tarsilla is going to be working with families to make a little album of their own based on her little album of Dublin. And Jennifer is going to be drawing maps. So she has a new book called Scout's Best Day Ever, which is about a dog traveling around Ireland, which is very cathartic when we can't. We all want to travel a little bit so we can go with Scout. So it's very hands-on map making. You'll be talking, I know, to Alan Nolan and Sarah Webb, and that's their Animal Crackers event with a mini beast trail. And then Sarah Moore Fitzgerald about unlocking your creativity. So that's a really inspirational thing for anyone who likes to write, who likes to draw, or who maybe doesn't have that confidence and, and wants to think about building it up a little bit. And what is your favourite thing about being co-artistic director this year? It's a bit selfish in a way, in that being co-artistic director, usually what happens is that Neve Sharkey and I sit down and think, who would we love to have? And that's a bit of a dream job. I mean, kids out there who are picking up books by their favourite writers and going, oh, I'd really love if I could meet them or see them at a festival event. You know, we have the power to do that. And people generally, when you say, do you want to come and visit us in a castle? Say yes. So, you know, we don't have the castle this year, but it's the pleasure of reading a brilliant book, loving that book and thinking about being able to bring the artist in front of audiences and pass on that pleasure, which I think is such a lovely thing to do when you're excited about anything. I think that writers and illustrators are such special people and their imaginations work in an incredible way you know and on the surface of it it is just so much fun to tune into these events and Sarah and Alan are case in point that you will get such a good dose of silliness going outside on your bug safari and digging for things and getting out in the outdoors you will get such inspiration from people like Sarah Moore Fitzgerald who are so generous with the advice that they have learned you know honing their craft over years but I think the power of story to take you away from whatever is going on in your daily life is so enormous. And when you put a person in front of you who's created that story, I think it's really powerful to hear someone with the same accent as you, someone from Ireland, someone who lives in Ireland, 
someone just telling their story to inspire you that you can do this if that's what you're interested in but also just a break from the day to day and we know the kids are under pressure you know if you're feeling stressed if you're back into homework if you're back into school or you're just bored of, of not being able to go anywhere you know this will take you away virtually whether it is on a magic carpet or on a road trip around Ireland it's a way of traveling in your imagination albeit not in the car. <laughs> so my name is Sarah Webb I'm a children's writer and I also run writing clubs for young writers uh, all over Ireland they're online at the moment so people join in from all over. My name is Alan Nolan. I'm an illustrator and I'm a writer and I write and I draw books for children. And I also do loads of workshops all over the country usually, but now I'm doing them all over the country from my kitchen. So I'm doing lots of workshops for kids and lots of drawing tutorials on YouTube and stuff like that. Oh my God, you will not believe the amount of muck that's in this event. We spent ages out in a back garden, a lovely back garden, and it was full of muck and full of flowers and full of plants, and more importantly, full of mini beasts. There were wood lice, there were bees, there were slugs, there were snails, and worst of all, there were worms that Sarah was holding up in her hands, and then she gave them to me, and I said (laughs) a poem about worms. It's about eating worms. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I'm going out to eat worms. Big ones, small ones, long ones, tall ones, ones that squiggle and squirm. Well, you bite off the heads and you suck out the juice and you throw the skins away. And everybody wonders how I survive on worms three times a day. Ew! Never eat a worm. They look kind of slimy and they look kind of like they're wriggly and made out of rubber and cold and so on. And when you put them in your mouth, they actually are. But here's something you don't know about worms. No child knows this. They're actually crunchy. You think about what a worm does. It goes through the earth and the soil goes in one end and comes out its, bo- <laughs> its particular area at the back. And that's why farmers love them and gardeners love them because they fertilize the soil like that. But if you pick up a worm, put it in your mouth, it's cold, it's slimy. When you bite into it with your teeth, it's actually crunchy because there's <laughs> grit inside and soil and sand and gravel. Ugh, it's horrible. And there's muck coming out the side of your mouth. Uh, and I was afraid Sarah was actually going to put one in my mouth. So. No, I ate a worm in the making of the event. So the the nope. event is called the Mini Beast Safari. And what we've done is we've gone through just lots of different, as Alan was saying, different kinds of mini beasts. And we've talked a little about them and told the children a little bit of information and have a bit of fun with a slug race and all kinds of things. So if the children and families are interested in animals and want to find out more, this would be a perfect event for them. They basically watch the video of me and Alan getting up to all kinds of nonsense with mini beasts, (laughs) as Alan said, in the garden. And um, then they can go off maybe and find their own mini beasts in their own garden. So that's what we're encouraging them to do, to dig, to lift up stones and find wood lice and to really kind of look really closely at the ground and in your own area and see what you can find. Be an animal detective, Alan Marie says. Be an animal detective. Yeah. Pick them up and hold them as well, like, and let them run over your hands. If you're not afraid to do it, you can you can do that. It's quite safe in most cases. And then, most importantly, just put them back really carefully because they are living beings, so you don't want to kill them and you don't want to no. hurt them in any way. So just be very careful with them if you're picking them up. I love slugs and snails. They're my absolute <laughs> favorite mainly because i don't mind picking them up and some people go 
they're disgusting because they slime all over your hands. But I don't mind because you just wash your hands afterwards and you're fine. You just have to remember not to pick your nose when you have a slug in your hand. Very important. I love bees, um, especially honeybees. And I think uh, bees and all flying insects are really important because they are all what's called pollinators. So they bring pollen from flower to flower and make sure that we have things like fruit and vegetables. If you are interested in animals and you want to find out some remarkable and slightly strange facts about mini beasts, you should definitely watch our event. And I think above all, it will be really, really good fun. Well, I'd say you're definitely going to have fun, but you're going to have mucky fun. So if you're going to <laughs> the garden, make sure you put on a pair of gloves, put on a pair of wellies, put on old clothes, number one. The gloves aren't too important, but put on old clothes. The other thing about this event is... In the event, we are racing snails and slugs. And there is a downloadable PDF of a snail race and a slug race model that you can make up. And you can race your own slugs and snails at home afterwards, after you watch our video. I'm Sarah Moore Fitzgerald, and I'm a teacher and academic at the University of Limerick by day. But by night, I write novels for children and young adults Really, this idea came when I was talking to Elena, the organiser, um, about what I might do because they were really keen to invite me this year. One of the things I've come across again and again, Niamh, is young people and children telling me when I meet them that they're not creative. You know, they're, they say, I love reading books and I, you know, I get a lot of joy out of creative things, but I'm not creative myself. And I always thought this was really remarkable because... I have a theory that to be human is to be creative, that everyone is creative and everyone is original and everyone has something important to say. And often the best way to say that is through storytelling or art or dance or music or the types of activities that people think are creative. So creativity doesn't belong to an elite group of people who are kind of different from everybody else. What I was really keen on doing was normalizing creativity and explaining, which I do in the workshop for the festival, all the simple things you can do to stimulate your creativity, to discover your creative ideas. Because we may go around saying, oh, I don't have any ideas. If you've ever sat in front of an essay that your teacher has given you with this big blank page going, what am I ever going to put down here? We often interpret that to mean we have no ideas, but often it's because we just haven't created the kind of environment we need in order for all our, our ideas to bubble to the surface. So that's the sort of approach that I'm taking in the workshop. I think it'd be really good for anybody who's like eight or nine or 10 or 11 or 12 and or their parents to listen to the really simple things you can do to turn on your creative tap, so to speak. My message in the workshop is it's really easy. It's really easy to get creative, to be creative, to integrate creativity into your life literally on a day-to-day -day basis. I used to think that writers were these kind of separate species that they didn't have, you know, that I didn't have what they had. So I always thought writers were cleverer, they had more ideas, and also I thought that the words just came tumbling out fully formed onto a page that then just got published. When I learned, as you do, as if you're going to be a writer, you're going to go on a long journey in order to get there, and that actually the only mystery is that there is no, I mean, there is no mystery. There's just no shortcuts. You know, you just have to keep working. If you think I'd love to write a story, but I don't have a story in me. 
my advice is just start writing, even if it's 100 words a day or 10 minutes a day. If you say, I'm going to write for 10 minutes a day for the next 100 days, then suddenly a story will start to emerge from the action of being creative. So Stephen King in his brilliant book on writing says, you know, writing is not an act of creation. It's an act of excavation. There are stories inside us. And if we just stay with it, and keep writing, that story will announce itself to us at some point. Now, that probably sounds really kind of weird and mystical, but that's really the way it happens for me. You know, I don't know what my story is going to be, but when I start writing, it begins to tell me. So what I say to children who are and students who are interested in writing is, you know, you don't have to have it all figured out up front. In fact, nobody has it figured out up front, even if you have a basic plan the creativity is in the act of writing. If you want to be a novelist, then you've got to write and you've got to probably do it on a fairly frequent basis. I have kind of my top 10 tips. Some of it is just about mind frame, you know, about not being afraid, not being self-conscious. We often come to the page wondering, what would my best friend think of this? Or what would my teacher say? Or, And sometimes, we, I mean, we always, I think, as writers have to banish the thoughts of our audience and just see what's in our head first and write privately without worrying about who's going to read it or what anyone's going to think. So that's a huge thing is kind of taking away the self-consciousness that can come with putting words on paper and just making it a private thing. So yeah, lots of tips like that. Some of them are really practical, like always carry a notebook with you because you never know when an idea will descend on you. I mean, oh, children are always probably sick of being told to turn off your phones or stop looking at the internet because you know that's the way they interact with the world but I am still a strong believer in even if it's just for 10 minutes a day just switch everything else off and listen to your own ideas because it's amazing what will come to the surface if you do that so I will be sharing my 10 top strategies for living a more creative life and for turning on your creative tap well, those are some of the events you can enjoy at the Towers and Tales Festival 2021, and you can beam it into your home wherever you are. The festival also has an amazing book gifting element that you can check out on the website, and it really is something quite special. Finally, for today's show, I wanted to hear more from you guys. I wanted to know, if you sat down to write a book tomorrow, what would your book be about? Seven-year-old Elizabeth Merrick would create a book based on a story she has already written, the devilishly titled Piggy the Evil. Elizabeth Merrick and I am seven years old. I wrote a story called Piggy the Evil. It's about a pig called Trigger and he's entering an event called Piggy Games and the event that he entered was the cover yourself a mud one. The person who's the muddiest wins. He did very well. He won it. Yeah, you just get a medal. The characters are Trigger and Evil Pig. Um, he likes stealing shiny things because he's building a big castle of gold and he melts down the shiny thing and turns it into a block. Because oh, they're good armour because he likes killing people. 
It's just that he doesn't like seeing people getting stuff. He's like, oh, look, that's shiny. He just loves shiny things so much. He's like, I'll take that, I'll take that, and take that. The best way to do it without giving it back to someone is killing them because then they can never give it back. So, Trigger enters the Cover Yourself with Mud event and he wins first place. And when he goes to bed, he will pick up. And he goes through the piglet flap. He's a very small pig. He doesn't have a big appetite. He doesn't really like eating at all. He only drinks. He meets evil pig at town hall, running around saying, I'm the winner of the Cover Yourself in Mud um, event. He wants the medal because the medal is so big that it could give him like about six bricks and that's quite a lot because he makes tiny whiny bricks because he's very tall. He meets Trigger at Town Hall, not on, like they didn't want to meet, but he was running around saying I want to come with a mud thing, pretending to be Trigger. And he went to tell the mayor what happened at Town Hall. But then he found him and he covered himself in mud because he's so good at that and rolled around because he was running around flower beds and he plopped some flowers all over him too. So he thought he was just part of the flower bed and he just sprinted and took the medal. But it's a happy ending for Trigger. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much to all of our kids and to all of our adults who took part. And thanks to you for joining us as we go down the rabbit hole into the wonderful world of kids' books. Join us next episode when we'll be hearing from author Kat Ellis, who gives us the ingredients for the perfect scary story. I'm Neve Bennett, this is We Love Books, and until next time, happy reading! Happy reading!